We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind of My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, joined today as always by Martin Palomo uh, there at Pinnacle in Jackson. We'll get to a couple of questions from you guys, listeners. Appreciate you very much. You can always send one or both of us an email or a text message or a DM or whatever the case may be if there's something that you want us to talk about. And uh, we'll be happy to do it. So we'll do a couple of those today, and then we'll dive into a couple of other things here on this Thursday. But first, let me tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that is hopping to a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling, please uh, tell the folks how they can get in touch with you at Pinnacle and maybe what's going on there. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, easiest way to get in touch with us is uh, old-fashioned telephone, 601-957-0323. Or do what most folks do, um, email us, info at wealth dot com um man it's kind of been a it's been a a little bit of a wild week uh this week for me it's kind of a short week at two for me i have a i'm hopping on the road as soon as we finish up um for some meetings i'll be out of town but um it's it's been uh there's been a lot going on this week man uh good i fed kind of did what i expected them to do we won't talk a whole lot about that today i think we'll dive a little bit more into the currency conversations that that people are having, although the fed does have a, a role in those conversations. Um, but yeah, man, it's kind of been business as usual for us. It's, uh, it's our busy time of year, uh, all the way up through really, uh, through Thanksgiving. So, uh, man, meeting with clients, looking at plans, making sure we're on track and making adjustments where we're not. So the fed held tight, right. But predicted that there'd probably be one more jump before the end of the year. Um, yeah, they're, you know, the Fed, the Fed paused, um, said, you know, they said there, there probably will be another hike this year. I think they're going to continue to tell us that they're going to be higher for longer. Uh, I think that's what the Fed has to do. They have to have a restrictive stance in, you know, when, when we're still above long-term inflation numbers. Um, and actually I heard, I heard it said pretty good, a pretty good way of explaining where they are, you know, they're, we keep using these, um, these terms like soft landing and hard landings, like pilots, you know, landing an airplane. And, uh, someone was like, but the fed is not pilots. They're firefighters. And all they have is water and an ax. That's it. They are not pilots. And I kind of, I kind of chuckled at that a little bit. I got what the person was saying. 
Um, but so, you know, I think that they're telling us they're going to have to be higher for longer because that's restrictive, but, um, you know, we'll have, if we go too much, which they will, um, you know, they'll start cutting, I think next year, uh, I think it's going to be in a lump sum. We're starting to get disper- we're, we're we're starting to get a little dispersion with economists kind of thinking they may slowly trickle down. I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But I've been wrong before, so I may be wrong again. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You've never been wrong. <laughs> no, I'm that's, perfect. I mean, come on. All right, let's uh, let's dive into a question. Uh, yep. I know who the name of this person. I don't know if I'm supposed to put it out. So I'll just say a, a subscriber who also listens to this show. Thank he you. Complimented our show. And then he says, can you and Martin please discuss the BRICS, B-R-I-C-S currency and how it will affect the dollar and all of our retirement slash investments. So I can tell you the age of this person, if that helps you. He's uh, early fifties. Okay. Um, business business person right business owner cool done done pretty well over the course of his uh, of his career awesome uh, children children are now college age so that's kind of where he is in life if that helps you uh, answer that question yeah well, let's kind of t- well, let's dive, we'll dive right into I'm gonna define the acronym bricks for our listener too because most people are probably thinking like a brick that uh, you build a house with. Uh, it's an acronym for some countries. Um, they were famous, or I guess they be- they became a famous acronym probably early 2000s, but um, the original was Brazil, Russia, India, China, and with the S in BRICS, uh, they have tossed South Africa into the mix. So if you kind of think about, let's just talk about those countries, those economies on their own. Um they are all classified as emerging markets where the U.S. is considered, you know, a developed market. Um, you know, developed mean economies developed, social political environment is supposedly, you know, developed. Um, you know, Western Europe falls into that category as well. Uh, Japan falls into, you know, that category as well. So the, I think a lot of the, the buzz that's kind of going around with the BRICS currency, you know, overtaking the U S dollar, um, you know, as, as a, as the reserve currency or global currency, which I just, it's so hard for me to, to see a, a situation where that happens. But one of the things that's been getting a lot of buzz about it is that it's um, it would be a gold backed currency. So back to the gold standard, like we are only printing enough of the currency that we have the physical gold to back that up. So theoretically as a hedge to inflation, right? Because versus what, you know, our country has done by I'll kind of refer back to that economic um, policy or economic uh, measurement M2, the money supply that exists, you know, out in the economy, uh, we saw an acceleration of that money supply especially during COVID because our government, we don't have, we're a fiat currency. We do not have, you know, our currency is not pegged to, you know, to gold or to silver. Um, So it is, you know, we can print and we do not can, we do print, you know, new dollars um, on a regular basis. And so what that does inherently is creates more supply of cash in the market which is going to have uh, an inflationary effect. Whereas if you have something that is uh, that is limited, like gold or even Bitcoin, which we can kind of address on the, you know, in the weave it into and address in the conversation too. Um, there's only a finite amount of, of, of that available. Um, so we can't print more. It is inherently, you know, uh, a, a hedge, against inflation um the thing that's the thing that's really hard for me to so one oil is traded in u.s dollars globally and until oil is or petrol as 
the probably the world says mm-hmm. until that tra- trades in a different um you know a uh, different currency it's going to be impossible to knock the US dollar you know out of the world reserve currency spot but if you kind of look at Brazil, Russia, India, China um you know they do they do put a lot of output into the world i mean um you know probably about a quarter of the world's global output you know comes from from those three i mean from those countries uh but you you don't have social political stability per se and i mean hell just look at russia and china south africa i'll i'll give them a pass um you know they had their issues historically but just look at russia and china uh, um for sure there's all kinds of of sociopolitical issues with just how they govern um, and then Brazil, you know, not too long ago, uh, I believe there was an overthrow or a coup of uh, the president for corruption. So you've got, you know, you've got instability in the socioeconomic arenas of those countries. And and that's a, that's probably my number one, you know, this is my opinion. This is not the opinion of, of anyone else, just my opinion. Uh, I think that's that's one of your top reasons why. The BRICS idea, because of a gold standard, I, I realize is a lot of the conservative voters' um, response to, "Hey, you know, we've got this, we've got this Federal Reserve that can just do whatever they want." They're the ones that have created, you know, all this inflation. We need to have some type of austerity so that we can't print more cash. And I mean, a gold standard would kind of force austerity on you because it's just like Greece in 2010. I mean, they just spent because they could, you know, and it did, it trashed their economy. Um, you know, and we don't have a, there's no, there's no measures of austerity for us, especially when it comes to, to printing money. And that's where Bitcoin has also become, you know, a popular option for, cause it is finite. There's a finite amount of coins that will ever be released. But with Bitcoin, a lot of folks have just speaking from the currency aspect of the coin, not the blockchain aspect, the currency aspect of the, of the coin, you know, has really been a, a play against hyperinflation. Uh, we saw that in Venezuela, um, you know, when, when their currency collapsed, uh, where folks could store their cash in Bitcoin and not lose you know, all of their savings because the government collapses. And that's another reason you've got to have a, st- a stable government um, or stable sociopolitical environment to have a currency be, um, you know, your one of your gold, your top, your gold standards, pardon the pun, the, you know, your, your world reserve currency, because if all of a sudden the, if the U S dollar just collapsed, I mean, that's globally catastrophic. Um so if the world reserve currency was, you know, the Russian ruble, which they're not trying to say it's, it would be a new currency that they're creating this BRICS, this BRICS currency. All right. I have talked a whole lot um, just about that one specific topic, but that's kind of the thing that I, I like the idea of austerity of having a governor on the amount of money that we could print and put into supply you know, could we ever go back to the gold standard, man? I think that's going to be a, that's going to be really tough as well. Cause it's like, once the toothpaste is out of the tube, uh, it's going to be hard to make us go back to, um, you know, a, a super restrictive monetary, um, or, or printing money printing policy. Uh, and that's kind of where, I mean, dude, that's where Bitcoin has kind of come in as a alternative currency to the U S dollar. And, and man, this year, um, I mean, Bitcoin is one of the best performing assets for the year. It's up like 60% for the year. It was trading at 16,000 ish, the beginning of January. And it's, I don't know where it is today, somewhere in the 27, 28, 29,000. I didn't look before we, I should have probably looked before we, (laughs) before we hopped on, but, um, but it's up, it's up around 60% from a performance standpoint. Um, you know, but last year got crushed, man. So it is a volatile, 
it is a volatile asset class as well. I know we're just kind of talking about the currency aspect of it right now. The blockchain is where I really think the long-term value is for Bitcoin. And I know that our listener wanted to us to st- talk about just Bitcoin specifically, not yeah. talk about Ethereum. Um, but it's hard to talk, not talk about Ethereum also. It It is... I mean, I'm not doing the Forrest Gump thing here. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a smart person. I don't, but I, I, I've never considered myself stupid. Uh, it goes right over my head. I, I don't understand it. Yep. Well, I, I don't, I don't get it. it. It's the most, and I've talked to you about it now five times. I've talked to other people about it. I don't understand it. I, it, it, it's, it's a concept that I cannot wrap my little mind around and yeah. Yet I can sit here and I can run a soundboard and I can do all of these things and I can understand and I can adapt to technologies and make them con- communicate and these things. But when you start talking about Ethereum and, and Bitcoin and bricks and things of that nature, yeah. I, I I get lost. I really well, they're do. just they're not a part of our daily life right now. So most folks are not accustomed to them. But I mean, it's no different than like Bitcoin is no different than a um you know uh if you say hey man I. I like motorcycles and I know the value of my motorcycle and you say, Hey, the value of your motorcycle is I'm making stuff up because I know nothing about motorcycles. You know, the motorcycle I have is worth $20,000. Well, in your head, it's worth 20 grand, but it's really only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it. Right. And that might be 20. It might be 25. It might be 15. So Bitcoin, all the crypto stuff is, it's very much pushback, right? When someone goes, Man, I can't believe they're paying a basketball player fifty million dollars. Nobody's worth fifty million dollars. Like, well, he has a contract that says he is. But, yeah, someone. I mean, thinks so he's he worth is. fifty million. I mean, they have Absolutely. a collective bargaining agreement, and that's the deal, and that's what they paid him. And unless someone put a gun to the owner's head and said, "Pay this player forty-five million dollars," if he did it voluntarily, then yes, the player's worth that. Right. Well, and you know, so. Look back to Bitcoin real quick and 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 value and where people perceive value. So if you and I would have been recording mine on my money, uh, you know, let's call it September 21st of 1996. And we're having this conversation about, you know, this internet thing. What, why is everyone, you know, starting to talk about this internet? And you and I are looking at, you know, I, the only one I can remember, web page I can remember from the mid 90s is, uh, National Geographic, uh, and that was probably because that's all my buddy's parents would let us, you know, do. But I remember it took so long for that page to load, and you couldn't do anything with it. All you could do was, like, look at the pictures or some of the words that were written, you know, in uh, in the article. But in 96, if, we, if you and I were having this conversation and said, hey, uh, I don't know, this internet probably is going to have something, you know, it's going to do something, but we have no idea what it's going to do. The, the best thing for us to have done would have been take, you know, whatever money we were willing to invest in it and spread it out across a couple of your bigger companies, you know? So kind of think about the time that was the AOL, um, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, um, you know, and buy, you know, buy a little, because we have no idea who the winners are. We probably would have bought some, we would have probably bought some WorldCom, you know, <laughs> um, we would have probably bought some things that went to zero that blew up because we didn't know. And that's kind of where we are with cryptocurrency and the blockchain at the moment. We're just sitting in our, in the 1996, 1997 timeframe where we say, Hey, we know this is going to somehow change you know, or, or enhance or improve, you know, how the world works, but no one knows exactly yet what it's going to look like. Uh, Cause you know, like you could tell your, you know, I guess what would have, I would have been uh, 15, 16 at the time. And if I could have, if 40 year old Martin could tell 16 year old Martin, Hey dude, um, instead of going and buying like, you know, cigarettes and dr peppers and mentos or whatever it was that you were you know spending your cash on buy a little bit of amazon or apple yeah. and 
Uh, and I would have, and I would have told 40 year old me like, Hey, old man, uh, sit down, shut up and stay in your yard or something crazy like that. But you know, it would have been a great investment. The holding period for those things for the Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think you have to have a really, really long, and I'm not talking about a three year, five year outlook. I'm talking about a 10 year, 20 year outlook where you can say, Hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know something is going to happen. And I'm willing to hold on to this until that thing happens. And then, then we will understand, oh, this is how it changed our lives. But hell, like even if we would have bought Amazon in 96, 97, we were buying an online bookstore. That ain't what Amazon is today. No, it's true. Not at all. Today, Amazon web services. It's delivery services. That's what it is. Well, that, I mean, in like Amazon web services, when all the, every time you're watching the NFL and, you know, someone drops a, which I never understood until it was explained to me, you know, uh quarterback makes a, a 53 yard pass, you know, and they're able to give you the stats and all of the stuff immediately on the pass. That's all because of Amazon. That's all of the web technology, the, the intellectual property that they've developed that's that's running these things i mean it's like amazon web services is is the most um i guess like impactful part of that whole company yeah when i think of amazon i think about getting my package delivered but that's not what they're you know the bulk of their company is actually their web services program and they were a bookstore dude yeah it's um it's amazon it's Apple, it's Nike, <laughs> some of the companies that you could have gotten in on the, yeah, kind of the ground floor, and you'd be in a different spot today. But yeah, I mean, and... I remember the first time I heard about the internet, like really heard about the internet. I was in graduate school, so this was fall of 1992, and this guy, this professor, was saying this this internet. He's trying to tell us all about it. I mean, I believed him, but I, I remember thinking that I didn't understand. I remember thinking this is going to just be kind of an elite thing, right? That sure. just a handful of people will have some access to. And, you know, I'm still typing term papers up on a word processor. Word processors were still cool. <laughs> remember that? I mean, because you didn't. Uh, my, my kids ha would have no idea what the hell you're saying to them. I mean, I learned how to type. Processor. I learned how to type on a typewriter. Yeah. I mean, where you had to use the uh, the little... Like the ribbons and... Yeah, where you had to use the little strip to go back and correct. And so, I mean, yep. typing clean was a skill. Um, But I learned how to type on that. And I remember when my dad let me have his old word processor because he was moving to a newer word processor. It was like a godsend, like for grad school and typing up papers and stuff, but it there was no search engine. There was yeah. a floppy disk that you saved the thing on. And that was incredible in and of itself, right? But yep. um yeah, just I remember hearing about the internet and just damn. It's crazy. It's crazy how much the world has changed. You're right. Like you you just my kids, your kids. I tell my kids about what we used when I was their age and they yeah. look at you like, what in the hell? Like, like you got three eyes in your head. How old are you? <laughs> you know, like that. And you're like, I'm not that Did old. Did you know, Oa? Did you know uh, Noah too? Did you help him get all the animals on the ark? Yeah. It's like, did you guys put two leopards? How'd you, how'd you get the leopards on? Like, what'd you yeah. have that work? You know, like when you were shepherding <laughs> the lions onto the ark, were you scared? Were you, you know? a shipbuilder or were you a shepherd? <laughs> No, man, but I think I, I, it is true. And and you kind of think about how fast technology, I mean, even, so the one thing I love about Disney is uh, it's probably the, uh, you know, a ride that almost everyone hates. It's the star starship earth or spaceship earth. Um, the, the big ball at Epcot and yeah. the, the ride inside of it talks about like, you know, from the dawn of man, like when we were, still you know like in small little pods separated 
not speaking the same language, you know, humans were vulnerable. And then we started learning to communicate to each other. And, you know, you could get groups of people to go out and hunt. And that was a game changer. And then people started recording things on, you know, walls and caves. But, you know, if you move from the cave, you're all that stuff is, is gone now. And then it like takes, I don't know how many thousand, 1500 years, uh, for someone to start smashing papayas together. And, you know, you get, start getting paper and it's just like, you kind of see like how long things took just to take the next step, you know, the, the Phoenicians coming in and creating an alphabet that the world could communicate in. And then all of a sudden, you know, things are getting more and more connected and, and it's like technology picks up faster and faster. Then we have, you know, a Renaissance ideas get shared. A printing press comes into play books get, you know, distributed worldwide. Then you start having, you know, things like, uh, the, uh, industrial revolution, uh, telecommunications. It's like all of a sudden things are picking up speed and it's like, I can't help but believe, you know, we took the huge jump in the industrial revolution um, for the U.S., then technology was kind of our next industrial revolution. And it has, I mean, I think about the iPhone was really created in what, 2007, six, seven was the first year you could buy the iPhone. Before that, we had like the, you know, Nokia, uh, little small phones. Some people had Blackberries, like professionals had Blackberries. I had a, you know, Kia, I played Snake on. Uh, and now, you know, I kind of look like you think about the the computers in the sixties were the size of houses yeah. and couldn't compute anything. And like now t- we carry like, around like, like TVs, right? TVs. Oh, yeah. Big Hell TV yeah. used to have like a, a, we'd have to have a crew come in to move it in. Now they're absolutely paper, paper light. Absolutely. So it's like, and think about how fast we've progressed yeah. from there. And the internet is in now version three. That's really what crypto Crypto is all about web 3.0 because web 1.0 was that, Hey, look at this cool thing that I created on this page that exists, you know, digitally. And it was kind of a one way street. Then web 2.0 was where, you know, Amazon, I'm going to say Amazon was really the big daddy for this guy where web 2.0 said, Hey, I have this stuff on this page. If you want it, send me money and I will send it to you. And it's like, okay, all of a sudden now we have a transaction that has happened with 2.0 and, and then crypto is, is the 3.0 spot where we can actually start, um, you know, owning pieces of our digital footprint. Uh, and I think that's going to change a lot of how business is done again or enhance it. Uh, So I'm, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like, man, but I know if you and I are still recording mine on my money in 2043 which you may say hey i don't want to do this anymore by then um you know i'd be it'd be interesting to see like what does that environment look like uh how are we communicating at that point is it a how has ai um you know changed what we do on a day-to-day basis or enhanced what we do on a day-to-day basis not the robots you know the irobot of where the robots are going to take over the world and like Westworld and stuff like that but like how is technology going to continue to inherently be deflationary in our economy and drive costs down by picking up efficiencies? And I think that's what Bitcoin and Ethereum are trying to do. I'll tell you that, uh, not to get off on this topic necessarily, but AI is, is, is dangerous. It's good, but it's dangerous. I just, people playfully with it the last two weeks have tricked a lot of people in sports media with press conferences. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson coach, they had him say something that he didn't actually say. And a lot of people ran with it until it was like, hey, that that's AI. And it happened this week with the Iowa offensive coordinator. And I immediately went, oh, that's bullshit. That's that's not real. He didn't say that. But it looks like he says it. And it's, it sounds like he says it. And it's it's crazy. And so... It's one thing when it's a funny clip out of a press conference on a sports figure. It's another thing if you did that with, um, you know, a political figure. 
made someone say something that they didn't say and let it go viral quickly, it could result in, I mean, you know, you don't have to think too hard for result in some chaos. Sure. Sure. I mean, look, to affect, to affect the stock market, to affect, you know, anything. If you had someone say something that was like controversial, but just realistic enough that you thought it was real, where it affected someone's decisions about, about trade or whatnot. It, it, it's, it's a little frightening. I was having this conversation with one of my kids and they agreed that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's kind of it kind of worries them a little bit moving forward. Well, and I mean, and, and look, the crypto world is not is not also is also not free of its, you know, uh, bad actors and bad stages too. I mean, there have been, um, you know, the black market looks at crypto as a opportunity to you know move and kind of launder money as well, and just the way that crypto is built. Um, you know, a decentralized, no one has control or monitoring of it is a haven for, you know, for the black market. Um, but, but dude, so is cash. And that's, you know, that's kind of the other thing. It's like, you know, uh, I hear you hear the naysayers with the black market for crypto. And I ask like, you know, Hey, how do people buy drugs from off the street? You know, how do people pay for, um, you know, children they're trafficking or prostitution or you know stolen goods those guys don't swipe a credit card they don't want to track they don't want a traceable form of a transaction although crypto does at least have a traceable form of the transaction it just can be anonymous um <clears throat> and i think there will always be the when we have something that it that uh <clears throat> that enhances us it's gonna we're gonna have the done for good and done for bad piece of it. But yeah, the AI piece, I don't really understand it enough to, to, uh, to understand how you would maybe, maybe there's something that gives that, you know, here's me being super basic, like the blue check, you know, like you have a blue check for yourself for if you say something, or if you appear on media that, that says, Hey, this is the authentic Martin. If it doesn't have the blue check, then, and maybe that's where, crypto in the uh, blockchain come into place because if they own their 
their rights to their voice or their face, you know, digitally, um, it's no one can copy that from the blockchain. They would be the only one that have the authentic key to authenticate that it is, you know, really was Dabo Sweeney that said that, or sounds like Dab- Dabo, but he what didn't have the authentication check or whatever yeah um that he would store in the blockchain in ethereum or you know or even in bitcoin ethereum is the better blockchain technology i'm just making stuff up but saying hey like hey here's how you know maybe maybe it is crypto the blockchain that fights the bad actors on you know on the ai front because you can't duplicate on the blockchain you either own it or you don't Maybe it becomes a new industry, you know, owning the rights to your face and your, in your voice. <laughs> Maybe so. I mean, I don't know, Neil, I think we might be onto something here. Well, that's the kind of thing like someone like me and, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. Don't get me wrong, but I talk on camera a lot. People have my voice. It does make you a little nervous that someone could manipulate your words. Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, look, yeah, we, we have a public show that's out there. Uh, I'm sure someone could take tech, record my voice and, you know, uh, not that anyone would want to, I don't know that they would gain from it. Um, but yeah, I, I totally understand what you're, what you mean, what you're saying. Um, you mentioned, uh, the fed won't spend a lot of time on it, but I do want to get your quick thoughts. Yep. Uh, this is wall street journal. Uh, it says higher interest rates, not just for longer, but maybe forever. This is rate projections suggest many fed officials see a rising neutral rate. This is from Greg Ip. Yep. Street Journal on Wednesday, Federal Reserve officials surprise markets by signaling interest rates won't fall as much as previously planned. The tweak might be more important than it looks. Uh, Ip writes in their projections and commentary, some officials hint that rates might be higher, not just for longer, but forever. In more technical terms, the so-called neutral rate, which keeps inflation and unemployment stable over time, has risen. This matters to any investor, business, or household whose plans depend on interest rates over a decade or longer. It could explain why long-term treasury yields have risen sharply in the past few months and why stocks are struggling. The uh, neutral rate isn't literally forever, but that captures the general idea. In the long run, neutral is a function of very slow-moving forces, demographics, the global demand for capital, the level of government debt, an investor's assessment of inflation and growth risks. The neutral rate can't be observed, only inferred by how the economy responds to particular levels of interest rates. If current rates aren't slowing demand or inflation, then neutral must be higher and monetary policy isn't tight. Indeed, on Wednesday, Fed Chair Jerome Powell allowed that one reason the economy and labor market remains resilient despite rates between 5.25 and 5.5% is that neutral has risen though he added we don't know that um yeah i mean we kind of like moving the goalposts one more paragraph here that gives a little i guess context before the 2007 2009 recession and financial crisis economists thought the neutral rate was around four to four point five percent after subtracting two percent inflation the real neutral rate was two to two point five percent In the subsequent decade, the Fed kept interest rates near zero, yet growth remained sluggish and inflation below 2%. Estimates of neutral began to drop. Fed officials' median estimate of the longer-run Fed funds rate, their proxy for neutral, fell from 4% in 2013 to 2.5% in 2019, or 0.5% in real terms. As of Wednesday, the median estimate was still 2.5%, but five of 18 Fed officials put it at 3% or higher compared with just three officials in June and two last December. So I'll stop there and let you try to decipher some of that. (laughs) Well, I'll say, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd just be moving the goalpost if, you know, if it's, if they're, uh, if they're going to say that, hey, you know, long-term inflation targets are no longer going to be you know, two to two and a half. Um, or if they say, I guess, flipping the, um, the fraction around, if they say, Hey, we are intentionally going to have the neutral rate higher, but that means that, and we're still trying to have a long-term target of two to two and a half. Then that means that you're going to have short-term rates, uh, in the 10 year rate, you know, at a much, at a much higher level than previously, meaning that the cost of borrowing is just going to be higher 
going forward period um now i've said it before on the show and i'll i'll reiterate it uh i think that what we experienced from 2008 through you know uh the beginning of 22 was also not normal um you know really really low rates for a really really long time created really really bad habits and bad expectations um you know and now we're kind of getting that dose of reality and it's hard to digest it's hard to you know it's it's hard to dry out to to sober up off of the off of the drugs and we we may be having the realization of uh hey this is what life looks like you know when we're sober and and clean yeah. and you know and not on drugs uh and you know and the drug was low interest rates made everything easier i mean buying cars were less expensive buying homes were less expensive you know th- but the hard thing was was investing you know folks that were in uh in their retirement years who traditionally would not hold as much stocks in the portfolio were forced to hold more stock and experience more volatility because we couldn't get any interest income out of the bond portfolio. Um, now I don't think that the answer is, you know, either pepper or salt, you know, I don't think the answer is swing the pendulum so far the other way that, you know, that you are getting a 8%, 10% in your bonds and your stocks are, you know, are earning you zero to, to nothing. I, I don't think that that's the, killing our market and killing the economy just for the sake of raising rates and keeping them higher for longer. But I don't think that the fed is nefarious either. I, I think that they are just trying to do their job, fulfill their mandate with the tools that they have, which is not a lot. I mean, you know, uh, I, I get it. And I know what you're saying and, and what you're saying makes economic sense. Big picture. And I'm not even playing devil's advocate here. I'm just kind of throwing some things at you. That's cool, man. A couple of headlines. Play devil's here. advocate too. A couple of headlines here. August home sales declined to slowest pace since January. Is that new or existing? Uh, existing home sales. Okay. Um, and then there's a story: how U.S. households got turned upside down by higher interest rates. I mean. It's like, to me, the Fed feels like this, the, the, the wizard in the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's out there and it's making these decisions in a, in a, in a vacuum. It's yeah. making these decisions with no dose of reality. And when you leave the, when the interest rates keep going up and up and up and suddenly people who Look, should people live on credit card debt? Of course not. Are there lots of people that are? Yes. I mean, yeah. we, there's record numbers of credit card debt in our in our yeah. in our country. Um, I mean, I dude, I what, have a balance on my Amex right now. I think what really bugs me, okay, this is what really. If I'm being honest, if I'm if I, I, I'm I'm going to go a little political here, but this isn't Republican Democrat political. Okay, so it really pisses me off is that we do these things with interest rates and all the stuff that affect us every day. It affects the cost of gas. It affects the cost of, of goods. It affects our ability to feed our family. It affects all of those things. And yet the same country, and I realize the feds, not a, an arm of the, of the white house or Congress or what, or whatnot. Right. We're sending these stupid amounts of money to Ukraine. We have no idea where the money's going. And we have this wide open border that's letting all these people in and we're, we're, we're giving them cards and we're, we're, we're taking care of them. We don't have the money to do it. I don't, I don't know why I do know why it's politics, but I don't know why there can't be more common sense, like common sense, 2024. I want that. I want that party, the common sense, 2024 party that goes, (laughs) Hey, look, if we're going to hold Americans, finally, we're going to go, Hey, it's time to use your analogy. It's time yeah. to sober up. Time to sober up, baby. Time to sober up. Okay. Okay. Fine. Maybe it's time for the government to sober up too. 
maybe well, hey, not, maybe maybe, maybe our, it's time we, we we shouldn't hey every time Zelensky asked for 50 billion we're like hey we no. can't give it to you now wink wink wait a week wait a week okay well make dude because maybe we should going, run our party on uh make America sober again well I mean it's a thought right I mean and then <laughs> and then you have to and then you have to you have to you have to go to the border and go I get it I get you all are fleeing from something but we don't have room for you I mean I love the governor of, of New York uh Hochul who's a buffoon by the way i i love her going oh you know we, we just don't have any more room for for these for these immigrants no pardon me no shit you don't <laughs> what a shock so, but 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 hey you wanted you got upset when greg abbott in texas said hey we, we can't do this anymore you're like that's racist but now you say it and it's well we we, we just we can't do could. it anymore but no we, 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 we do want to make sure we don't offend their pronouns but we we can't take them here we we're not as as my friend Josh Hendrickson says all the time. I'm sorry, I got worked up. I, I did not mean. No, to. you're good. I'm about to give you a political comment anyway. When you we are not a serious country right now, and the problem with that, right? The problem with that is that we have serious problems. Yeah, it's one thing if you're dealing with your children, okay, when they're little, and they're having a tea party, and they just kind of melt down and have a a fit and you're like yeah this isn't that serious but she's four it's okay this not it's fine have your have your tantrum here take your stuffed animal go take a nap here's some juice it's going to be better in a couple hours you've just melted down it's fine yeah there's no repercussion for that she just had a moment it's okay we're in the real world and we're having a moment and there are repercussions this we can't keep sending. It's like the COVID stuff. We hey, you know what? Let's shut down. And here, here, everybody. Here's all the money. Here's some money. There's yep. so much money unaccounted for. I have a friend who works in that investigative. Oh, team I, of the I federal 100% government. believe there is. People oh, are going to go to prison too. Well, he told me. He told me how much money was stolen. And that's the word. Stolen in Mississippi alone. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They haven't even yeah. found it all. So what's it like in Texas and California and New York? It's it's insane what we did. We just opened up these programs just here. It's like Oprah, here's a car. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> but, but at some point, the, the, the bill comes home. And so we're, with the Fed we're, is – The bill has come home. And, and the are paying for it right now. And that's my problem. The Fed is going – I'm not really anti-Fed here, but it's like that's just one arm of it. The Fed's like sober up. Time to get sober. Yeah. But the rest of it's like, no, no, sh- Pass the rum, bitch. I mean, yeah. they're just drinking. I mean, just going to town. And so the guy that's like, okay, well, I'm gonna sober up here. I'm gonna cancel my vacation. We're gonna we're gonna start eating tuna out of the can. Um, kids can't go to college. They're gonna have to go to a community college. We can't do any of these things. But we're taking care of Ukraine. Yep. And we're taking care of a wide open border. And we're hey, dude. And we're you and I are. This, we're doing this thing. Same where, card here. Yeah, we're doing this thing where hey. We need to have a conversation about gender. No, we don't. No, we don't. We need to have a conversation about let's get real. Let's pay our bills. <clears throat> let's balance our checkbook. No, dude. Well, look, so last week I was traveling um, and I was with one of my buddies and his parents who are, you know, in retirement age. Uh, mom and dad are total opposite ends of the spectrum politically. Dad is super, super conservative. Uh, mom is very, 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 very liberal. And w- of course, politics ended up coming up in conversation at the dinner table. And I thought I, w- I almost fell on the floor when I heard her say, you know, I, she's like, I am, I have realized I am much more of a moderate liberal. What is happening right now is something I cannot abide by. And I was like, what in the world? I thought I would never hear those words, you know, come out of her mouth. So I do think that. I, I, I kind of feel like it's just my, my, my personal opinion. I feel like we are having a little bit of an awakening for the common sense part of where, okay, for the last several years, and it's not just nationally, man. I mean, and I was at breakfast yesterday with Jeff good here in Jackson. Great, great dude, super plugged into the Jackson community. And we, he was talking about, he's like, man, we have, something has to change in the city of Jackson politically. And he's like, it doesn't need to be the same crap. We need a, you know, flush the Republicans, flush the Democrats. Let's start 
let's just start over and have something that makes sense or else Jackson's going to implode. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm for that. Whatever that party is, sign me up for, you know, the common sense and the, you know, yeah. uh, and the, the, the critical thinking party. I'll take that party yeah, all day long. I don't yeah, care what you call it all day, all day. It's, 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 I'll wear pink sure. if that's what their color is. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I, I'm frankly on a lot of the social stuff. I'm, I'm a whatever, right? I'm common sense. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't. You're a conservative moderate, man. Yeah, I, I don't want that to come across as like I'm, I'm, I'm bigoted or whatnot. I mean, look, I, I, if if you as an adult want to uh, go through a sex change. Okay. I, I, it's, it's you're making a decision as an adult. I might not yeah. understand it, but okay, okay. I don't think we should do it to children. I don't right. I, this this gender affirming care is 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 bizarre to me that, that anyone even entertains these thoughts. It's it's I can't even imagine it, it's it's in my view it's mutilation of a child and 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 they they can't stand up for themselves. 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds are not old enough to go through something like no. that. But but regardless, I and, and then I don't I mean we don't let them we don't let them drink. Yeah, uh, we don't let them smoke cigarettes, uh, do drugs, gamble, get tattoos, uh, drive. Yeah. Ta tattoos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a reason that we say, "Hey, let's wait till we're 21." And hell, even 21, dude, at 21, I didn't need to be making decisions. I was not responsible enough to you know, to, I was I just wanted to drink and chase women. But but At all of these things, all of these things. Here's what I listen to a podcast all the time. It's it's called uh, Breaking Points, and they said this the other day, and they're they're exactly right. They had Andrew Yang on, former yeah. yep. Democratic candidate for, for uh, president. He he now is one of the co-chairmen of the I think it's called the Forward Party. And he said, you know, the problem we have in our country today, and he's right if you think about this, is that the majority of people agree on a lot of things. But because of our party system, nothing ever happens. Yeah. And so, you know, the majority of people, the example he used, are against child hunger. Yes. You have 100 people in a room and go, are you for or against child hunger? Uh, uh, zero people raise their hand for it or they're just assholes. Okay. Yeah. So call it, well, since there is definitely that factor in the country, let's say 10% are like, I don't care. The other 90% are like, yeah, that's, that's bad. Okay. Well, here's how we got to fix it. There's no, there's never a common sense approach to fixing anything because it, like they just, it's, it's why I do a show with Josh Hendrickson. He made a, a good point yesterday. He actually is making the case for the, the end of the traditional Republican party. He thinks Trump isn't, because Trump's not really a Republican, He's, if you think about it. Most of Trump's stuff is not all that conservative, if you will. He thinks Trump is a third-party candidate running as a Republican. If you think about it, makes sense. I, I, I think we're about to go through a change. I really do. I, I've, I've now convinced myself that assuming that Biden-Trump happens... Assuming that it happens, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe maybe Biden keels over. Maybe someone in his life—I can't even imagine who—because they're probably power hungry. Also, maybe someone who loves him as a human being says, "You can't do this anymore. We we have to stop." Maybe something happens to Trump, right? Maybe he he's old. Maybe he gets incarcerated. Hell, I I don't know. What whatever. But if we get Biden Trump, I'm literally convinced on the other side of Biden Trump. However, it plays out. Enough Americans, because two-thirds of Americans do not want that rematch. Enough Americans are going to go, this is stupid. We got to fix this. This has to be fixed. Dude, I just kind of I hopped on forwardparty.com after, uh, after you said it. And, I mean, dude, kind of the stuff that's on here is quite compelling. And, I mean, I know I'm just looking at the highlights right now. Um. I'm going to look further into this, man, and do a little bit of reading and research. Yeah, it, it's because right now it's just called they're just a movement. But yeah, so I think you're right. I think it would be post. I think post it's Trump Biden. I think it's post 2024. I think 2024 is going to be this nasty year in our country where 
at the end of it, no matter how it goes, no matter how it goes, because whoever wins the election, the other side is going to contest it. And don't don't tell me that it's only Trump. Hillary Clinton spent all of 2017 saying that the, the election was stolen by Russian disinformation and all that stuff. So stop. Every right. no, neither one will be a, a gracious loser. No. So it's going to go bad. It's going to get ugly. And on the other side of it, we're going to be left with an octogenarian president. No matter what, yes. Who is either should be prosecuted because I mean, come on, he's clearly the big guy, or it will be prosecuted. I mean, we're 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 going to be. And at some point, enough people are going to go, wait, is this what we are? Right. Because this isn't who we used to be. Is, is this it? for real? Because, I mean, you know, this isn't who we used to be, or is it? It's either going to be the fall of, of the second the second fall of Rome, the Roman Empire, you know? Yeah. Or it's going to be the beginning of a, no, we're going to, not to steal Trump's thing, because I'm not, the more I listen, I listened to Trump with Megyn Kelly. It was a terrible interview. Great part on her, great interview on her part. He was terrible. I'm like, why? What is it about this guy? He was awful. He can't answer anything. It's all about him. There's nothing about America. It's about him. Biden's awful. Neither one of them will debate right now, which I think is is noteworthy. Neither one will debate right now. In a country where we have debates, Biden won't hold debates. Why? Because probably because the man can't debate. Right, probably literally can't get through a ninety-minute debate without his handlers there to haul him off the stage the moment that he goes off the script. So he's not going to debate. Trump's not debating, and Trump's excuses: "Well, I'm up by sixty points." Okay, but you're not going to debate, right? You know, you're not yeah. going to get on the stage with the other people because you did it in 2016 and you eviscerated them. It's, I don't know. I, I I think we're headed to I think we're headed to a different place. I really do. I think I think we've got. 14 more months of this, 13 and a half more months of this. And then I think on the other side of that election, I think, I think there is going to be a movement to this doesn't work. And I will jump on, on the bandwagon or the train of, uh, of a common sense. I just hope that it can stay that way. I just don't know if DC is built to allow for a, I mean, you would have to be a, well, there's going to be like, there's going to be a real power move here because let's say, Let's go through the two. We'll do it quickly. Okay. Either way. Because I am running up on a, on okay. our stop. So. All right. 60 seconds. Either, no way, either way, whoever wins can't run again. Correct. Biden would be the end of a second term. Trump, that would be the end of a second term. Correct. Biden's not going to run again in 2028. He'll no. come on. Trump's not yep. running in 2028 because if Trump loses, he's probably going to jail. Um, I mean, realistically. So at the at the end of this next term of whoever the president is, there's going to be this giant power struggle. And frankly, the reason, if you think about this, the reason that Biden is the Democratic nominee is because there's nobody else. The reason that Trump is the Republican nominee is that this collection of people, none of them can get any traction whatsoever in their own party. None. Nobody can get over 13. Right. So there's going to be an atmosphere that's ripe for something new. I am excited about that prospect too. Yeah, I am too. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, I mean, Thanks, even even the leftists, the people I know that are leftists are are just worn out and tired yeah. too. Well, I mean, so. again, the, the reason they're running this decrepit old man who's probably a criminal and everybody's scared to death. I mean, look at Merrick Garland's uh, testimony yesterday in Congress. It was it was horrible. It's clear that he's covering it up. I mean, anybody could watch that and go, "Oh my God, what are we doing?" Right? That's the Attorney right. General of the United States of America, the lead law guy. And he's completely, he's completely complicit in a in a crime. It's obvious. I mean, he can't answer the most simple question because I don't recall that. You don't recall talking to Hunter Biden? You don't recall talking to the president's son? Come on. Yep, agreed. So you know you've got. That's where we are. The reason the those are in, the candidates baby. is because nobody else can do it. Yeah. So. On the other side, something has to happen. So anyway, we'll be back with another edition of Mind of My Money. Yep. I think next week, I think we're on for, for uh, next Thursday. So yep. uh, don't forget, it's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.